name is Jenica T. And this is Andrew T. Uh, we've got a very special guest on the show today with us, uh, Chris Maafala, a former NFL player for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Welcome to the show, Chris. I know. Thank you for having me. Uh, thank you for being here. Uh, why don't we just get right into it? Your most memorable moment in the NFL. Could you walk us through that? Most memorable moment on the field or off the field? Um, let's start with on the field first. On the field, um, go back to 2002. Okay. We're playing the Cleveland Browns in a playoff game. Um, I was injured most of the season, battling injuries, coming back, getting injured again. And uh, going into that game, I knew my role was limited. Mm. And um, But in the fourth quarter, we needed um, we needed somebody to pick up the blitz. And fortunately, I, I was, you know, I studied, <laughs> studied the plays and I, I got in. But um, when we were driving down on that last drive to win the game with only about less than a minute left, um, there was a package play called. And package play is two plays, either a pass or a run, mm. or two passes, but there's two passes. Uh, two plays called. And, and, and then the quarterback will audible at the line of scrimmage. And when I saw the, the, the defense, you know, where the ball comes to me, I started yelling, <laughs> green, green, let's go. Yes, and, you know, I was very fortunate. I was able to get the, the ball in the end zone that day. And, yeah, that was just a, a moment I'll never forget. Game-winning touchdown. Yeah, and, and I think the best part about it, just knowing that everybody back home was watching. Oh, yeah. It was, you know, a playoff game, so everybody's watching that game. So it was a wild-card game, so. Okay, awesome. And what about off the field? You, uh, you off the field, I would. Uh, it was definitely um, uh, the day I had enough money to purchase a home for my mom. So oh. I think that was the. the uh, there's nothing. I think the only thing was my kids being born. Yeah. It, you know that could uh, you know match that excitement that I had. Wow, that's awesome. And so from from there, kind of coming coming all the way back. Um, you talked a little bit about your mom. What was it about your mom that uh, encouraged you to get to where you eventually got to in the NFL? Um, my mom was a special lady. You know, she passed last year. Oh. And, uh, but she lived a great life. She was 84 years old. Wow. Um, she was a single mom from 1984. Wow. My dad had a, had a heart attack, and he left us back in 84. I was, I was his age. Wow. I was my son's age, um, second grade, maybe a year younger. And so, um, you know, being a single mom, 11 kids to raise, Ooh. you know, in a housing project uh, wasn't the easiest thing. But, um, you know, definitely she she put in a hard work and um, she would she would lead with the stick also. So. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, that's amazing. One of the strong, the strongest things about the Polynesian community is is the sense of family. You talk about uh, 11, 11 brothers and sisters. 11 brothers and yeah, sisters. so same like our dad, yeah. Eleven, yeah, yeah. eleven, brothers? maybe yeah. twelve, maybe twelve. Yeah, wow. some just, cousins in the mix yeah. too. That, <laughs> just uh, kind of fall into the family. family. Awesome. How do you think you're able to go from uh, where you were raised in Kalihi and and even make it even just to St. Louis? That's a huge, huge step. Yeah. Definitely. So, I mean, growing up, growing up in Kali, in the eighties, early in the, from the mid eighties all the way to the mid nineties. I mean, you're looking at drugs, you're looking at gangs, you're looking at all types of negative um, influences that that was out there. But sports, sports really saved me. 
And actually, when I was in a second grade, when my dad passed, you know, mom couldn't keep eyes everywhere. So, yeah. um, I, you know, I started to see my, I started to see myself wander across the street. Across the street, it wasn't the safest place. You know, a lot of drug deals was going on, and guys would use young kids as runners, yeah. run to the cars and drop off packages, receive money. But then, you know, as a kid, you see your friends with, you know, money nice in their pocket. Uh, nice clothes, you know. I mean, they're able to buy stuff when they're on their way to school, coming home. So you're like, man, how's these guys making these, you know, all this money? And so, as a kid, you know, you try to, you, you start to fall into that. But uh, you know, again, sports. Uh, a coach saw me, and he knew my mom didn't play that, so he came up to me and he was, he said, and you know, he he kind of tricked me. He told me if you don't, <laughs> if you don't stop what you're doing and sign up for 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 my team. I'm going to let your mom know. And so he, he, he handed me the paper. He handed me the paper. I went to my mom. My mom was like, my mom was like, I ain't paying it because it's like $10. It was like a $10 fee, you know, to play at Palama Settlement and stuff. But uh, the coach came over to my mom's house and told him, no, don't worry about the fee. You know, we didn't have $10 to, to spare. So, uh, but, you know, coach filled out the paper, helped my mom fill out the paper. And that's where it all started for me. Mm-hmm. And the beautiful thing about Merite Housing and the project was, if you was an athlete, uh, there's an unwritten rule where um, guys would send you home. You know, if you try to do negative yeah. stuff, mm-hmm. you try to hang out late. Yeah, if you're trying to hang out late, or, or no, 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 no. You can, you know, the the OGs, you know, <laughs> you know, call them the OGs. They'll, they'll point at you until you go home. And I, I think that was such a, a, a big blessing to a lot of the kids who were athletes in Merites at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, if they knew you had potential, those guys would definitely wave you off and tell you to go back across the street. So. This is from Wikipedia. This is what it says about your early life. Uh, Fuamatu Ma'afala grew up in Kalihi, Hawaii. He was raised on the island of Oahu's most notorious housing, housing projects known for murders, gangs, and illegal drug activities, Merites Housing. But he uses his athletic abilities as a means of staying away from negative influences. Oh, wow. So, I swear I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if you read that. Uh, I've never read that. <laughs> that's well, that's right on the money. <laughs> I'll take it. But, yeah. Uh, so that's always, that's always inspired me. Uh, one of the athletes when I was coming through high school is uh, Tyson Alwalu. Attended the same high school as you, uh, I think KPT, yeah. Where uh, his parents and um, older uncles are originally from Merites. Oh, Merites. My older oh, okay. brothers and myself. Oh. Yeah. So yeah, we grew up with all the Aluans, oh, okay. the brothers. It was interesting to see his Dad. his career because uh, you know St. Louis, and then mm-hmm. now he's with the Steelers too. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he's kind of the Steelers. Who are some of the older people that came before you that you feel like you're able to learn from? Maybe some of the mentors you had or some of the people you looked up to? Definitely my brothers. You know, I have five older brothers. And, uh, you know, from the good and the bad. You know, my, my, <laughs> my brothers are great examples for both spectrums. So um, I appreciate my brothers um, making sure if I was, you know, just if I was to even try to reach for a beer bottle, beer can at the time, it was... You know, it was on. <laughs> my brothers would let me know. So, but you know, I, I, my brothers was was a great influence. Uh, the Noga brothers, you know, um, Pio Sangapolutele, coming from uh, Camp Four Housing. Yep. 
uh, so much, you know, so many guys, um, the, the Salanoas, Thor Salanoa, all these guys that are, you know, who were the headlines in the 80s, you know, like my, you know, oh, you're all with your older brothers, and so that's what you looked at, you know, looked up to those guys as your older brothers. Was the NFL always a goal for you uh, when you were starting out, maybe in high school? It, more of a dream, you know. Um, uh, you know, just knowing that, uh, like those, some of the gentlemen that I mentioned earlier, Peel, the Novas, um, some of these guys who went on tour also went to the Rams as well. Knowing that they're from the housing and they made it, um, there was still nobody from Merites who made it. So I kind of had that, you know, that negativity in the back of my head. And I, I didn't have, uh, but I had my older brothers to tell me, hey, you can be the first. Yeah. So, you know, just, I was very fortunate to have um, all my older brothers and extended older brothers. But yeah, no, it was just a dream. Um, and I think when I got to college, my first, after my first season, um, I think I, I realized that I'm, I think I'm, I can make it. I could, I could actually make it to the NFL. And your first, your first season at college was very successful, right? Freshman yes. of the year. It was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, I'm off. Yeah, whatever you guys say, yes, yes. No, no. <laughs> no I, I, I just remember um, coming home, being happy, being proud, um, you know, knowing that my brothers, I had a brother in Colorado. Uh, he moved, and he was able to come to a game. So, like, things like that was was for me more gratifying than the accolades that came along with it, just to see family and but, yeah. Yeah, to have that support, too, it can be lonely, especially when you first leave home. I was very yeah. lonely, yeah. I'm, huh? I'm the last of the 11 kids. Oh. Oh. So I'm mama's boy, 100%. Yeah. You know, and, you know to, yeah, to, to leave the comforts and your comfort zone, uh, it, was, it was really tough. Just, um, yeah, you just got to, you know, I was very fortunate to have other guys uh, like Kaltai, Olival. Donnie Utu, Talia Lave, who are also all staters. Um, and we all came up as a group. And I was very fortunate to have Coach Mac, Coach McBride, yeah. up at Utah, who's a Polynesian, Mr. Polynesia. So <laughs> it made it a lot easier. Yeah, that was a fun time. I remember growing up uh, watching you and just seeing you just run over people. You had a rare combination of size and speed. And I don't think I've ever seen a single person tackle you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, there's been cases. I don't want to put their names out there. Because <laughs> every time we argue, I want to make sure I had the upper hand. <laughs> I'm not going to give them their glory. <laughs> what about coaches? Were there coaches uh, in your life that helped you to get to where you were? So, uh, Coach Al. I forget Coach Al's last name. The one who initially got me into sports. Mm. Uh, Coach Al was the one that... Uh, this is the one from Palama. From Palama, yeah. Okay. Coach Al, he, uh, he gave me the confidence. And when I, when I gained that confidence, I needed discipline. And because from fourth grade to sixth grade, I found basketball. I never played football until I was a freshman in high school. But from fourth grade to sixth grade, I played basketball for Coach Al. And then the Palama settlement area, you know, started to start to fold. There's a lot of illegal stuff going on. And so Coach Fatia stepped into my life. Fatia Fatia from Kali. Um, he was the 
These were, he was exactly what I needed because I started to come into my own as an athlete. And when you do that, you you start to think you're the, you know, you start to get a little big-headed and <laughs> stuff like that. And he definitely put me in check, you know. So him and also Coach Mike, Mike Cortero, um, they taught me how to be humble. And they taught me how to, when you play, you play with uh, – You, you play, you play, not, not dirty, uh, what's the word? You, you just play hard. I, yeah. I guess that's the best way to, to say it. You just play hard. Leave it all out. Leave it all out there. Uh, it doesn't matter how you look. Because, you know, like I said, from fourth grade to sixth grade, I was worried about, you know, I started being pretty, you know, be, I started becoming pretty good in basketball. I wanted to wear the nice stuff. And, <laughs> you know, and then these, these guys definitely humbled me, along with all my, teammates, you know, from, from colleagues. So it was a great mix to to humble me. One of the surprising statistics that uh, <clears throat> that was mentioned to us about retired NFL players is that 80% of them end up broke or homeless or divorced. How do you think you're able to still have a balance in your life? Uh, that's an easy question. It's my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I married a, a great girl. Uh, she's my high school sweetheart. We've, uh, we met in high school. Yeah, man. We, we did the long distance thing. I realized, man, this this is the one because <laughs> you know to have to, to have that distance and and to still um, be loyal to me and and vice versa. Well, it, it, it was I, I knew you you know uh, when when you're in college and you know when you're this so whatever this running back or whatever you're this I don't know if they call it celebrity, but you have a status. Yeah. You can call a celebrity. No, <laughs> no, no, no. There's that that status that comes yeah, yeah, along yeah. with you know playing sure. good and all that stuff. Uh, no, she was the one. Uh, she's definitely been the the rock for me. You know, my my family, my mm-hmm. kids, and yeah, we'll be broke, bro. If I if I didn't marry her, <laughs> we'd be telling a different story right now. I'll be one of that statistic. <laughs> but so she didn't follow you up to Utah. No, she, she didn't. She stayed here, finished. Um, she finished school here at the University of Hawaii. Wow, so you guys did long distance the full. Yep, we did a long distance thing. Um, but uh, you know, I left early as a junior, so it made it easy. Uh, she finished up when I was in my rookie season. And when she finished up school here, then we got married and we moved. She moved with me to Pittsburgh. Oh wow! Yeah, but yeah, she's the reason why why I have what I have today. Uh, yeah. You know, with all the um, falave laves. Oh, yeah, oh. <laughs> that can get you broke oh, real quick. Crap. <laughs> <laughs> they come out of the woodworks, I guess. Oh, yeah, when you yeah, make it to the NFL. Like <laughs> it's protocol. It's protocol. We got to do what we got to do. But, yeah, no, I was, I was very blessed. Oh, that's awesome. And so can you talk a little bit about the process going from, going from Utah to the NFL, like preparing for the draft and... It uh, nerve wracking. Yeah. I would guess that's that's the feelings. That's because of the unknown. Um, definitely, uh, I didn't get the support that I I wanted from my college coaches um, because I was leaving as a junior. Yeah, you know they felt differently. Uh, you know they felt the way they felt. Um, I felt like it was time for me to go. Yeah, uh, there was not much for me to prove in a in that conference and that you know in college football and. 
you know, we definitely sat down as a family and prayed hard. You know, we, you know I, I just felt God wanted me to go. Yeah. And uh, I'm happy I left. But as the, the process, the the training, I, I was a, I think if you guys saw me, I was a little big back in the day. So, you know, I was weighing at around 280, 284 as a running back. So I definitely wanted to make sure I was going in there 100%. And um, when I actually tried to diet, the weight just came off. Just simply drinking water was, uh, like, I think, the biggest thing. You know, I was a soda guy, you know, morning, noon, and night. When I cut that, that was... That helped. Yeah, that was 30 pounds just came off. And so within three months, yeah, I, I dropped all the weight, um, tried to get my 40 time down. And, but the process was definitely nerve-wracking. But you're able to get drafted. Uh, did you want to talk a little bit about the excitement around around draft? I guess draft days. Uh? <laughs> I don't know if it was excitement. Uh, it, it was more just sitting around, with, uh, you know, waiting for your name to be called, and just you, you feel more for your family. You know, uh, you don't want to embarrass just any Polynesian kid. You don't want to embarrass your family, your mom, and you know, just uh, it, it was getting it was getting down to the you know the last rounds and. You know, Mel Kuyper has you up there to to go in, you know, the second day, early fourth round, and your name just gets passed up by running back after running back. And, uh, it, it, it was it was tough for me to see my family. For me, it was okay. You know, I was going to be all right. But just seeing your, your nieces and your nephews, you know, just, just waiting and just hoping. And, you know, by God's grace, right, it was, whew, the call came. <laughs> It was actually the uh, the Cincinnati Bengals call first. Oh, I answered. They're like, "Oh, this is Cincinnati Bengals. We're gonna put you on hold. Yeah. We're gonna take you at the the. I forget what that, but it was like five picks away. Yeah. I'm looking at the TV, and my brother and was like, "Who's that?" I was like the Bengals, and they're like, <laughs> "Oh yeah!" So they started cheering, <laughs> and then so as as I was waiting, and you know, we had the old phones back then where you had that uh, wait, you know, the receiver or whatever the. It was right there under the receiver, the clicker. And I, and I was watching the thing. I, I, the phone slipped, and I was trying to grab it. Hello? I hung up. And I was like, oh. And within seconds, the phone rang again. I thought it was them. I was hello, hello, hello. They were, hello, this is uh, Coach Carr with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I was like, wow. wait, the Pittsburgh Steelers? I was like, wait, wait, I got Cincinnati on the... No, 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 we're drafting you right now. Wow. Hello, 278. I was like, oh, thank you, God. But, I, you know, I didn't want to celebrate yet. My brother was like, who's that? You know, they they didn't know it was the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, they, they thought it was still the Cincinnati Bengals, but when they called it, oh man, there's nothing but tears. You know, yeah. just yeah. grateful. Did you have a lot of flashbacks of kind of growing up and going through all the struggles you went through? Oh, definitely. You know, so my brothers were doing their thing, but my my brother Tenari uh, was a Shopo president. Oh yeah. Yeah. So my yeah. my brother Tenari was always there. You know, mm. all my brothers were there for me. He was the one that was, uh, you know, he was like, he would drive it home. You can't, you can't. Whereas my other brothers are like, of course you can, do it, just do it. You know, my brothers think it's that easy. You know? Yeah, my brothers, you know, they're, they're, you know, they they made you tough. But definitely, my brother Tenari was, you know, we've been through so much um, leading up to that moment. So yeah, it was. Definitely great to, to share that moment with him and the rest of my family. I don't know Pittsburgh too well. I've never been over there, but uh, 
from what I can see and all the Polynesians that have gone through Pittsburgh, it seems like some uh, sort of city that really resonates well with the Polynesian. Oh, 100%. They're, they're all, they're all, the first and foremost, a hardworking, blue-collar town. Um, they're, they're still doing construction over there. I don't think they'll ever get it right. But, you know, they just, <laughs> that, that's, their, that's their city. Um, and it just matches with our Polynesian culture. You know, being humble, um, keep your head down and go to work. You know, that, that's the mentality. And, uh, you know, that's the, it, it just... It just matches perfect with our Polynesian race, the culture up there. So. Yeah, just the heart, just the hard work. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, and like, I, I think I, I told this story on one of the Pittsburgh interviews where I was kind of embarrassed because uh, my first car that I purchased was about $2,500. You know, I didn't want to spend money on... You know, you, you see the Lexus and the, the Mercedes and, you know, the, the Jaguars and all these nice... Yeah, so I'm like, oh, man, I, you know, I was so embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I was like, I told my agent, get it, man. I need something. I need something to drive. And, and so we, uh, when I pulled in the first time for the first one of the home games, it was, oh, man. I had my seat down. I was trying to, <laughs> I was trying to hide. But uh, <laughs> it actually worked out because uh, when, when they noticed, you know, there was only one guy with the, the hair. Yeah, with the hair. So they were like, man, what's... Hey, that's food, food. You know, they're waving. I'm like, oh, okay. So I start sitting, you know, to sit up straight and give my shock aside. But yeah, again, that. But it just shows you, you know, the type of fans and type of people. They didn't care. They didn't care what I was driving. You know, they just knew he was a stealer. That's one of our guys. They're gonna cheer, cheer him on. So, oh, that's cool. So kind of taking a look at your full career in football. What are um, the kind of main values I guess you've gained from your experience in the sport and um, are you passing those values on to your children and I guess how uh, with the sport of football um, there, there's so many yeah, you know there's so many lessons loyalty um, hard work being dedicated to your craft um, I, I would say yeah I, I would say like you know um, I'm a perfectionist um, in certain areas of the sport, not the entire gamut, but yeah. just um, like for me, I'm a, I'm a big film studier. I love to study film, and I believe that's how I lasted as long as I did in the NFL because you have to be a student of the game. Um, it's the same thing when I when, when I talk to my kids when they approach something, you gotta put everything into it. Don't just um, you can't just have no college stuff. You have to put in the hard work. If you don't put in the time, you know, it, it shows. You know, my kids play sports, you know, um, and, and I tell them, you know, you're not putting in the time. And they ask me, Dad, why is this not working? Why is that not working? And you don't put in work. You can't just <laughs> think you're just going to run out there and score goals. So I think that will be the thing I pass on to them the most it is those kind of like long days yeah like those Saturdays oh, yeah. and those those well, late two evenings days, yeah two a days and, and you're like in high school you're like oh why why you gotta get up and you gotta take care of all your other responsibilities in life too that's right you know yeah. it's it's that focus that determination and, and I guess that's what sets you apart yeah as you and, get and, to and, it's, you know, and, and that goes you know that's not just with sports 
know, that's anything, you know, you guys want, you know, anything people want to do, they put in that, that time and that hard work, it's, it's going to happen. So what what's some advice that you that you give to kids as they're coming up through high school and how to how to make their dreams come true? I I, I tell kids I tell them uh, number one uh, it, it always is always God first. You, know, you got to have Him leading the path. Um, secondly, when it comes to their career, um, I always tell them you know, football football is like this short. You know, if you had a timeline of your life, football is very small. There's a small window, and you have to live the rest of your life. Yeah. You know, me being retired uh, for what, eleven years now. Oh, it's been it's been a while. Um, and to again, like I work for the Army Youth Sports Program, so I did, uh, Department of Defense, and so I, I tell kids. I do interviews, you know, we hire, we, you know, we let guys go and stuff like that. I tell kids, if you don't have your degree, you have no chance, you know, it's, you have no chance to compete nowadays. And if you don't even, like, I bet in, I'll say, I will tell them in five years, you don't have your master's, you don't even get a look. Like we, and I, you know, I try to describe to them, here's a pile of guys who are qualified, Ready to do the job and do all this kind of, you know, to you know, to get the job and compete for the job, but have no scholarships. We push those things off the table. Here's the small file of kids who, who have their degrees, and they're first. We look at them first because of requirements. And I told them, you know, any type of business nowadays, you don't have any type of uh, qualification or, or a bachelor's or associates. They don't even have a chance, and then now that, and then the guys with the masters is, is not in a smaller pile, but they get the first looks. They get the first thing. No, <laughs> we just push the piles over, and I, I try to, I try to tell them football is small, football is short, and some for some people it's even shorter than others. Oh yeah. So I mean, not everybody can go, can be a, a Montano Vasa or yeah. Jesse Sapolu, you know, can play a, a long time. Yeah. And be you know, but even you know, some guys we've heard horror stories with our Polynesian guys too, who didn't take care of their money, who's you know, not doing as good as they should be, and it's good examples, you know. Uh, but yeah, it's about it's about that degree. That's what I whenever I give talks to kids, especially if they're you know if they're in the middle school to high school level. Um, at football clinics, whatever. I'm like, yeah, get that, get that degree, so you even have a chance. Um, other than that, I told them the football thing is easy. We're Polynesian. It's what we do. We're warriors. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, we're warriors. I have that discussion with Troy Polomalu a lot. The, the sport comes easy. It's the, the the other stuff, you know, the other things that we we should excel at, and that's, you know. Be in a different realm, like you know, being a doctor, a lawyer. There's so many smart Polynesians out there that, you know, they they don't take advantage of their resources. And, but you know, yeah, definitely a bachelor's degree or some type of some type of degree is the number one thing. It's also amazing to me. There's a lot of there's a lot of kids you kind of grow up with, and they're superstar athletes when you're young, but they but they never even make it to you know 
high school they get in trouble before that what are some ways that you help kids to kind of focus on stay on track uh, yes yeah, stay on track how do I help kids to stay on track as far as uh, just just staying focused on, on school and getting a degree like you mentioned well I, I, I'll you know I'll definitely tell them about um, other success stories yeah you know definitely my you know I will use Ufi Hanneman, you know, all oh, these other guys, that, you know, as, as great examples, you know, pillars in our community. Uh, and, you know, just use guys like that as, as an example to just, that there's other avenues, not just sports. We're, yeah. we're, we're like, you, like you brought up earlier, you know, you know, we're navigators. They threw us on a canoe and we had to find our way. Uh, <laughs> thousands and thousands of miles, but we'll figure it out. You know, we're, you know, we're great people, but I just think, you know, if, if we can just instill in them at an early age, it's not just sports. You know, we don't we don't want to be just that one-dimensional. During your career, I'm sure you had, or you kind of talked about some injuries that you had, and that happens to so many athletes. What did you do to overcome doubt or hesitation in your life? What are some... I guess, tactics, or how did you overcome hardships? Uh, it's prayer, you know. When you get injured, you're the loneliest guy in the world because <laughs> your wife can't help you, your brothers and sisters can't help you, your friends, the coach, nobody can help you. It's just you and your thoughts. And during those times, I was, you know, definitely, uh, you know, you learn from a young age, mom and dad will tell you, well, you know, when things get tough, you know, who do you go to? And he's... God has always been there. Man will let you down. God will never let you down. Or man will never fail you. Something like that. It's in the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> and my brothers told me that a long time ago. So I definitely, um, I lean on him a lot, especially with the homesickness, with the injuries. You know, you're alone. You're alone with your own thoughts. And he's the only guy that you can actually, you know, that can hear you. That you'll get advice from other people, good and bad, and that's the bad part. You know, you definitely don't want to get influenced by, you know, maybe somebody else who wants to take your spot. True. You know, and because it happens a lot in the NFL. You know, a lot of guys they play mind games. You know, things people don't see in a locker room is, um, you know, it's, it's it, it can be very catty <laughs> in the NFL. So you definitely want to. Um, you definitely want to have a good foundation, you know, as far as having God on your side, so that in those tough moments you can go to. Yeah, I've heard before that what you think is what you become, and so sometimes in our hardest moments, if we're thinking that negativity, you know, that's what can come into fruition. So being able to stay positive, you know, whatever times that you're in, um, and then to surround yourself with positive people. And well, I'm you sure your to. wife was, you know, that you've said that rock for you. That's awesome. Yeah. You have to. Anything that you kind of want to share with uh, with our community? Just any last words, any yes. piece of yeah. advice uh, for life or for those, you know, who want to get into sports or athletics? Sports or athletics. Um, for the young kids, again, get that education. Um I know there's so many super talented kids, like you mentioned, that we see fall from the wayside. Um, they're so talented, so gifted, God gifted. And because uh, there's a difference between talented, gifted, and God gifted. 
there's so many God gifted kids, and not just in sports, in different avenues, you know, that we talked about in, in education, but, you know, they get influenced by, you know, they get influenced by, you know, negative people hanging around the wrong people. Um, I just want the, you know, I just want the kids of tomorrow to, you know, just, well, number one, if, if they can, I know everybody has their own religious beliefs, but if they can put God first, you know, and whatever they do, um, the second thing is always your parents. You have to, you know, you have to obey your parents. It's in, it's in the Ten Commandments. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and then last is, is their education, you know. Sports and stuff, the, these kids got it, you know. It's in their blood. Um, they'll be fine in, in that area. It's just the other, the other areas is where they got to take care of. Because after football, they're going to have to be, you know, they're going to have to help out with the community somehow, some way. And um, it, it, we need them, you know, we need them to to better, to better our community. Uh, definitely don't want to get robbed by anybody, <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but definitely they can be pillars in their own right. I think that would be it. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, yeah, no problem. So inspiring just to hear... Um, one, how humble you are about this just amazing career you've had. Thank you. Um, and then to just kind of share this this insight, you know, and yeah. that it, it's a, it's a possible, it was a dream for you, but it can be, you know, a true goal for anyone who's committed um, to put in the hard work. Yeah, I love how you reference a bunch of different people that helped you get to where you were because, you know, it takes a village, yeah? Yes, it takes a village. And, you know, definitely those people that are, there, there's a lot more, you know, a lot more guys that influenced me, um, you know, the Salavea families, all the families that, you know, the families that you grew up with in the neighborhood, you know, the Malapiais, um, the Alu-Alus, like you guys mentioned, and it does take a village to raise up a kid, so I was, I was very fortunate to, I know there's a lot of negativity um, surrounding that neighborhood, but that will always be where I was from, my right housing. <laughs> well, once again, we wanted to thank you guys for uh, tuning into this episode of the Pacific Current. Uh, this is Andrew T. I'm Jenica King. <laughs>